There's one place on Twitch. Nice. Matt was there for the inside pass and a great demo from Dewey as well. With competition. Gonna follow it up with a little password for pizza and with a redirect he puts it in. What a shot and a play there. Laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> and You gotta stay. All right, this is a new rule. Hi, I'm Woos, and I cannot wait to see you all in the melon patch. to the ASAP Weekly Rocket League podcast. Um, I don't think that was my best hello. I think I could have done better, but that is okay. Uh, I am not your usual host. Uh, Wabbits is uh, not feeling so great. Uh, Combo has uh, been called into work. So uh, there's only one man to call. All right. And that was Relentless. Say hello, Relentless. Hey, guys. Welcome. And no, I don't think that was your uh, your best hello. I've seen... I've seen some good ones from you. That one was it's, a it's like it was a little up. too forced, you know. Like I, <laughs> yeah. I feel like I feel like I really wanted something to happen. You know, I get this one chance, and then pressure got to me. But that's okay. Uh, of course, no, I I, I did. People people are like now messaging me as I said that was the one man. It's like why did you choose me, dude? Um, but I I, I sent a, a couple messages. Relentless was the one uh, to respond, which is amazing. Uh, it's always great to hear um, other people's kind of voices in the community and so on. Yeah, I mean, like obviously some people are going to be a little bit kind of weirded out by it, just that it's it is a bit different. But I think between between the the different castings and stuff they've had with me and just playing with the community, they should be used to me enough. It should be okay. <laughs> this is this is where we get the like the one person who's like, who's relentless, dude? <laughs> should I know relentless? Should you should I know, know relentless. <laughs> No, Relentless has been uh, graciously um, uh, casting the last two tournaments with us. Um, actually, and it's great that you're on because we can announce that, uh, you know, unless there's unforeseen circumstances, uh, I think we're aiming for the 1st of August for the next tournament. Uh, okay. So, um, yeah, I, I'm still kind of mulling over some ideas that may or may not work. You know, when you have an idea, but then like an execution, you're like, is this... Is this too much? Is this too crazy? So uh, I'm, and I'm sure relentless yourself. You have some ideas as well. Um, so yeah. we'll have to figure that out, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I've had plenty of ideas and stuff, but the the tricky part is to kind of do something fresh and exciting each time without getting mm. too repetitive or too, like you were saying, a little bit complicated as some of these things can get. I think the fusion tournament, the last one that we just went over, went really, really well. Um, but there was a lot of moving pieces to that and there was a lot of honor system that kind of had to go along with that. And so I think, you know, for the next one, <laughs> we have to still do something that is fresh and exciting, but, um, you know, not do it so that it's super complicated and it's easy enough for everybody to kind of do the way they're supposed to. So, uh, you know, that, that's a yeah. tough part with any of these tournaments. Yeah. We, well, there was definitely a lot of the people in the community going like, well, this this person is usually C three, but I see them at C one currently. I wonder what's going on. You know, a lot of <laughs> yeah. eyeball on each other. A lot of uh, 
teams what like the players must have gone on a bad streak and they're a lot lower MMR to fit under that gap. Um that all fun stuff though. I mean to to be fair to the rabbits and hunty um trident was a new player so i i had no problems with <laughs> with uh him being and he played phenomenally for what he had to do right so um that was pretty pretty crazy no, and, they, and they were a lower seed anyways in that last tournament so you know they they pushed through and stuff they were against some very competitive teams but you know it's it's just one of those things that it's you know when you have a, a situation like that like everyone in the community kind of follows each other and knows each other and celebrates everyone's successes and so you get kind of the situation where okay hey they had successes they maybe even touched gc for a little bit but then you go on a losing streak and it's happened to me it's happened to a lot of people you go on a losing (laughs) streak and all of a sudden before you know it you're back close to diamond and all of a sudden it's like hey no that person's supposed to be really good like what are they doing down here and (laughs) it definitely throws a lot of people off yeah the game definitely uh plays a lot with streaks i feel um and and so that's why like I, i like to joke but like i don't mind being 50 50 um for an extended period of time because i feel like if that's happening that means i'm a i'm very comfortable with with that rank that i'm at right Mm -hmm. um so when i push up when i go above the 50 it's it's reasonable as opposed to like i go on a crazy win streak and then i hit like a brick wall and then i have to get knocked down before i can start moving up um i think it works both ways obviously if you're just trying to hit the rank it's one thing but i think there's something else to just playing at a higher level but like steadily in that level Mm -hmm. like winning and losing yeah, and I mean, there's a lot of back and forth with that. Like, people will get up to a certain rank, and then they feel like they belong there, and understandably so. But <laughs> it's one of those things of like, you okay, you touch it a little bit, and maybe you're on a hot streak. Maybe you're just, hey, I'm playing really well today, or you're getting a, a good team, you know, a few times in a row, and, and that's really helpful. But being able to kind of keep it and, and stay at that high rank, especially as people start to like touch GC a little bit, once you get up in those 1500s. Like it can be very hit and miss. Each game can be a whole different experience. And so that's going to be, that's a tough part for a lot of people as you get to that next plateau, that next platform, being able to hold on to it and being able to feel not like you're just kind of hanging on, but like you belong there. It's a big mm. difference for me. That's kind of where I was a little bit different. Like as I was starting to hit champ, like, okay, I got up to champ, got up to even champ three, but it's like, okay, do I even belong here? I'm like, I'm barely hanging on. And, um, <laughs> And it's it, it takes a little bit of getting used to the you start seeing a lot of things differently. What people are able to do is just so vastly different. It's crazy. I that's so interesting. Uh, this this is gonna kind of I did I did tell you we weren't gonna really kind of follow the usual formula, but mm-hmm. for the sake of this, I, I guess this is kind of my week in Rocket League, and I'm gonna kind of pertail this to that kind of feeling like you're above your rank. Um, so I was playing games with Paint and Elias the other day. Um, and I, there's, there's a couple things that I found very interesting cause I was playing a, maybe they were closer to C2, C3 level. Right. Um, and I'm usually sticking around that C1 level right now. And I found, um, especially cause we were trying to do comms that were, well, Elias pointed out at one point, like we need to do more comps, like where we're hitting the ball, like intentionally, like what we're aiming to do. Um, and that became really hard for me because one, I'm playing at a level slightly higher. Right. So, uh, not only is it is this, okay do this new skill of like actively telling your teammate where you're putting the ball you know what i mean yeah while i'm trying to play up um but also i didn't feel confident that like playing up i'm barely like you, a lot of times i'm predicting just at the like the last moment so i wouldn't feel comfortable being like why would i 
like it's hard to be like okay i'm gonna tell you where this is gonna go but i'm probably gonna lose this 50 because i'm too late now you know <laughs> yeah it's i mean i guess especially like like you're saying kind of as you get higher you play in that c2 to c3 range each of your things have to be a lot more purposeful like each of your touches kind of have to be a lot more intentional and like you can have it in your head and you can probably do it nine times out of ten where what i intend to do i can make happen but as you have to say it out loud and then you have to make it happen, it's like a weird, co- it's like just such a weird phenomenon. It happens to me all the time of, I have to like, okay, Hey, I'm going to pass this center. I'm on the wall. I'm going to pass it down to the middle of the field. And if I was just playing normally and I wasn't thinking about it, no problem. But the moment I say, okay, Hey, I'm passing midfield. I'm going to miss that ball a hundred times. Like it's <laughs> not going to work out for me. And, and I guess this is also the difference between playing in comms with the team and playing solo queue. Um, because, if you if you were to ask me objectively, like when do I play better? Like a hundred percent I play better in solo queue because I'm used to playing a lot of solo queue where I'm just kind of in my own head, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm focusing on the cues I have. While when you're playing this kind of team versus team, it's a lot more about cohesion, right? Um, and then calling out and understanding how the other person plays and, and how they communicate and stuff. So that's definitely a different skill in itself, right? Yeah. And I mean, I, I kind of feel the same way. Like as I play solo queue, I think I play my own personal best rocket league when I'm playing solo queue and I've kind of attributed it to a few things. Uh, mostly I end up thinking that when I'm playing solo queue, I have to kind of actually be able to read what my teammates are doing rather than rely on what they're telling me they're going to do. I also have, when I play in a team, I have a ton of faith in my teammates. Like, oh yeah, they're going to get this. They're totally going to beat that opponent. They're totally going to be faster than the other guy <laughs> and, and everything. And so like, I'll start turning up field looking for a pass and it's like I have no business doing that where if I was in solo queue, I'd play passive. I'd rotate back to goal. And so I find that I get too comfortable while playing in a team uh, versus and, versus mm-hmm. solo queue where I'm like, okay, very on edge and very trying to read every little detail. And I think almost spoken this as well as where like you can almost be on a team too long because you start... Like you, you, you start just assuming they're going to play the same way every day. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Um, so I guess that comes with time, but yeah, having like a little bit of like, uh, well, you shouldn't stop observing how the play is going just cause you're on the same team. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, maybe, maybe that has, has a lot to do with it. Uh, let me just segue here. I, there's great, great little talk there. <laughs> um, but I, I want to kind of ask you uh, when you kind of picked up the game yourself, Relentless, uh, if I may. Oof. I, I picked up the game a um, long time ago when it, was, when it was free on PlayStation. So it was like right after it came out, I picked it up because I was like, oh, it was free. And I happened to see some of my friends list was playing it. And I was like, I've heard the name Rocket League before. I don't know where I've heard it, but I've heard the name Rocket League. So and my friend is playing it and it's free. Why not pick it up? And I picked it up and was immediately hooked like a lot of people. It's just one of those things that it's, especially when you just get started, any kind of scoring, any kind of big (laughs) booming hit, everything is so satisfying. Like every little, every game, every five minute game is so satisfying to play. And so I did that a lot. I even like, I called off work, like the first two or three days I called off work. (laughs) I was like, I'm out sick. I can't come in. And it was just because I was playing Rocket League and I was so hyped on it. Because every time you finish a game, it was like, okay, it's just another five minute game. Just one more game. No big deal. (laughs) And, and so like, it was like that for a while. And so this was back when it was still like, you had like Prospect and Rising Star and all those different ranks. And so it was just, you know, again, it was so satisfying kind of slowly moving up that chain. And then I pretty much, I set it down for a long period of time after that. 
um was dealing with like personal stuff as well as kind of dabbling in other games and everything i played like destiny and that kind of stuff a lot so i stepped away for a while kind of came back off and on um you know and like i think around around platinum um i was like kind of floating around platinum low diamond and everything and then about a year ago is when i started taking it a lot more seriously and so i was putting real time into it i was actually consuming rocket league content like watching youtube videos watching all this different stuff just to kind of learn how to play better and that's when i started to push up into like high diamond and low champ range and that kind of stuff and then that's about it but um there's like i picked it up so long ago but it was just it was so addictive from the very beginning it was just such an interesting game and so satisfying to play that i've just kind of always stuck around on it yeah, man, I, I think um, that's one big thing that people, when they pick up this game, there's not quite a video game quite like it, um, which is interesting, right? Like, I, I can't even imagine a different genre of game like this that's not, well, maybe that's the secret, though. Maybe maybe you need a physics-based <laughs> game that's some, like, like, like Rocket League, but not at all like Rocket League whatsoever, because you don't want to be copying. Uh, so maybe whoever invents that can be the next well, one. You know, I think it's I think it's tough because you have I mean all these games fit in different little niches, and even ones that kind of you know go outside that a little bit still have their own niche that they fall into. And so Rocket League is very unique in the way of okay, it's obviously very sport based, but it's very abstract in the way like no one would expect like hey RC style cars hitting a ball playing yeah. soccer and that kind of thing, and and it be a you know, really, really large scale game in the grand scheme of it all. It is very large scale. So it's it's interesting because you have stuff like first person shooters and then you have the abstract version of those where you get stuff like Overwatch and some of those in where you have now first person shooters with abilities and different style characters, but it still kind of still falls under that first person shooter umbrella where Rocket League doesn't quite fall under a sport umbrella. It doesn't, I don't, I don't even know like what, real realm it would fall into and so like that's what i think makes it most interesting yeah i don't think you can really compare it to to uh to 2k or uh fifa or all those games because um as good i think i think those games especially if you play the actual sport some like tactically there are some things you can definitely learn from them um but when it comes to the actual shooting like it's really like the holding of the shoot or pass button, like ultimately, mm-hmm. right? And, and I guess there's some combinations and other stuff, but like in general, uh, I think it's a little more about the strategy, a little less about the execution, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um. Uh. With with those games, and, and I think I think they lend themselves to people that actually play the sport as well. Mm-hmm. Uh. And I I know, yeah. The joke this week's going to be that that uh, the reason combo and wabbits aren't on is because of last week. Um, <laughs> and I know we, we we talked about sports a lot, but there's definitely a point where this game can't. I think I think if you if you do play different sports, you can bring in with the sports you know uh, to kind of try to help you um, with this game. But there's definitely a point where it becomes okay. No, like you have to now learn the game for what it is, and that's why I think the whole coach's idea is so difficult um for a game that's only been around for five years mm. um yeah. if i may here uh, uh i was also gonna say like like i was thinking of like other games that where they do have coaches right um and a lot of those games they have predecessors or things that people have spent enough time analyzing well i i mean i i, I laugh at like starcraft right but even when starcraft 2 came out 
in, in some ways, Starcraft one Brutor, right. Had been out for 12 years already. And they've had like companies like Samsung and, and you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like actual big giant, um, korean companies that were like in charge of getting coaches so they kind of they the strategy and like figuring out how to get how to have the best players in this game was done by all these like giant corporations and so those games kind of got figured out um in like how 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 it's best to do this while in rocket league while i think there's definitely things that you can improve individually right uh there's definitely a sense that from like a strategic or like how you should coach people perspective everybody has their own way of doing it yeah and well and even something like starcraft like there's still there was so many games leading up to starcraft being a competitive competitive game there's so many other games within that umbrella that even if you had somebody that they were generally speaking new to the starcraft scene they still played very similar games command and conquer and all those kind of games Mm. that that lend itself to still the same overall strategy it's just kind of the parts that you're moving are a little bit different. And and so the natural evolution of it, when you played the original Starcraft, playing Brood War, going into Starcraft 2, like you could have people that have been part of that community and understand the game on a deep level for a long period of time. Where in this, and like, in this it, you don't have that pe- as much. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I would say even like people, while even when Starcraft 2 came out originally, people didn't get it. But the difference was there's just enough people looking at it, at the problem, mm-hmm. trying to figure it out or enough coaches and even like you can say to some extent mobas right that the spawn from it also take some strategy from rts genres yeah so when you look at something like rocket league really all you have is what sarp and essentially that that's about it and like if you watch sunless cons recent video there's still so much different from sarp to rocket league whether it's like physics or you know just general map style and that and that kind of stuff and so you know the real evolution and coaching is going to be really difficult you'll get somebody like i think when Cronovi retires from playing he's going to obviously be looked at as either going to be on an analyst desk type of thing or he's going to be a coach like he's still going to stay within the scene there's going to be a lot of people still interested in what he has to say and and all of that and so like that's where you're going to end up getting your coaches like i know obviously you have probably the only coach right now that's probably considered a high level coach right now is verge just because the success that rv's or dignitas has had um since he's been there and i mean but they were still having it before he got there so it's it's to, one of those to, things to that's fair, weird with coaches for sure to be fair to verge uh the this was the dignitas that kind of fell apart once uh-huh. kate up and turbo left so he, he did kind of revitalize the team right um, yeah before astral left now but but i i think i think it takes definitely the players having uh, the confidence in, uh, in, in their coaches, right. Which is a big mm-hmm. part of it. And also I think sometimes like you can have a million theories, but as long as you can get like a lot, there's a lot of coaches that as long as you can get your players to believe in your system, that's sometimes more important than what the system itself is. Well, I think that's uh, uh, I think that's like the more interesting conversation, um, you know, because what what's the average age of Rocket League pros? It's got to be somewhere between seventeen to twenty, right? Like that's going to be the general average mm-hmm. age, and those are ages where, especially when you have groups of people that aren't necessarily like they didn't play, may not have played sports their whole life growing up, that mm. how they take to coaching is going to be vastly different too. So Verge can be an incredible coach, but if he didn't have a team that was going to be willing to listen, just 
given age group and given background, they may not be interested in listening as much. It would be interesting to see like what those actual coaching conversations and what those sessions look like uh, between between them. Because at some point, like when when you're you know champion level player and stuff, and you've got Verge, who honestly like he cannot fathom how to do some of the stuff that these players can do as good as Verge is and as good as his mind is for the game. He can't fathom the way some of these players do what they do. You know, at some point I'm, I'm surprised that like there hasn't been more leaks about like, Hey, this person's ego and stuff is kind of, you know, stretched over what Verge is able to control and that kind of stuff. It's, I just think that's an interesting conversation to have as well on how these coaches um, get through to players that may not always be willing to listen to coaching. And, and I think that's a big thing to think about as well. And this is actually a conversation I had with someone in Overwatch uh, where he's getting really frustrated. And he's like, he was trying to run a team, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and there you have like six people. And there's one moment where I went to him and I'm like, hey, listen, you got to understand that a majority of these people have never, like these are more the nerd type people. And, and I, I mean that in the best way, but it also means like a lot of them could have not played organized sports when they were growing mm-hmm. up. Um, so just the ability to kind of navigate or just understand uh, kind of that team dynamic is, is something that's not necessarily there. Um, so, I mean, that's why I'm, like three people dynamics are very interesting, right? Like, I don't think there's quite, I can't think of a sport where there's necessarily three people on a team, uh, which also, I guess, gives it, gives to the, you know, s- stuff we haven't done before. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I think I think looking at it as three specific, if you're looking for the comparison as three specific, I don't know mm-hmm. if that's necessarily what you have to look for as much as is there is there a sports where one player, their presence makes a large difference. And I think the sports have already been kind of called out between uh you know, between the several podcasts and between the Discord. It's gonna be stuff like hockey and basketball. It's probably the most direct comparison to the personnel and the impact they can have because one person, like if you have essentially the LeBron James of rocket league, any team that that person is on is going to be considered a contending level team. And so I think that's where, I think that's where that kind of comparison comes in most aptly. And I think though, I think when you come up with the sports comparison, it has to be very, very on the surface. It cannot be something that you look at from a high level depth because rocket league is so unique in its play style that if you look at it, it's more just for how you compare it from an entertainment standpoint. I think less of how you can compare it from an actual application standpoint. Cause like there's stuff that overlaps, but I don't think as you get above, like I would say the platinum level that anyone really thinks of it in terms of like, okay, Hey, in soccer, they do this rotation or in hockey, they do this rotation. So this is the rotation we have to have. Uh, I think once you kind of get up to that higher level, it's, it's something that's not, necessarily quite as adaptive but it's still like you can think of it from a entertainment level or just like a comparison level for a casual fan of here's kind of someone how new maybe yeah. yeah uh yeah that's that's so good too because um there is definitely a sense that like at some level you know what i mean uh uh like let's say let's just say like hockey right mm-hmm. um especially with rotations and kind of those kind of things. It's like, but I don't need to learn hockey rotations. I need to learn rocket league rotations. You know what I mean? So even if they were invented from the basis of hockey rotations, um, at some point, like if you're not planning to get good at hockey, like you, you should probably just look at rocket (laughs) specifically. Right. Yeah. Um, 
and I, I think it's great that you brought this up because uh, Flump actually just had a recently a video. I don't know if you saw it, uh, where he compared like moves in soccer to moves in in uh, Rocket League in, in Rocket League or whatever, <laughs> right? And I and I and I think this is the biggest thing. I knew right away when Flump was making some of these comparisons that clearly he didn't play much soccer himself. Yeah. Um, and, and that's no disrespect to them because I actually enjoyed the video mostly. I, I was at a point though, where like, I kind of, there was a lot of points in the video. I'm like, no, I just want more soccer, dude. I don't need more rocket league. I want to see the soccer <laughs> comparisons more than the rocket league ones. Yeah. Um, uh, but like he was talking about like the volley and the half volley, uh, or, or bicycle kick, uh, and a scissors kick and stuff. And it's interesting because like right away when you think of like like the the, the bounce shot right in, mm-hmm. in rocket league um that is that is not like i'd almost feel the volley is more useful or it, like more, happens more in soccer than, than mm-hmm. a bounce kick um I, well, I mean, everything happens but it, the difference is i feel like the bounce shot in rocket league is so enormous like it's it's like if you want to hit the ball as far as you can, let it bounce right before you hit it. Like just like definitively, you know what I mean? Yeah, and I, um, I think I think because because I, I played soccer for some fifteen, almost twenty years uh, growing up and stuff. And I think if you're trying to compare it directly, yeah, you're not going to get the bounce shot specifically as much, like the half volley type thing, is specifically as much. Uh, but you are like it's more going to be the um, the transfer of momentum and stuff and uh and those kind of things so like you won't see a whole lot of people hitting the ball from a, a dead position and that's going to be probably the more like how often you see the bounce shot in rocket leagues I mean, more how often you see um you know change of direction off the ball in soccer like again not hitting a dead ball you're hitting like you're moving it in the direction and then you're hitting it from there uh, i think that's gonna be more the more apt comparison mm-hmm. between the two just because like you're saying like you're not going to see a half volley very often in soccer typically it's going to be a volley or it's going to be a controlled touch to like the outside and then you're taking a shot or whatever it is. So I think like you, if you yeah. are taking a shot or making a pass, you want the ball rolling. You know what I mean? Yeah. While, while in rock, like it's not necessarily the case. Well, while you might enjoy that the ball's rolling, that's not necessarily like a, the everyday situation. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I know that there's definitely a couple of things in that video that made me laugh. Like for instance, he was talking about fifties mm-hmm. and I'm like, well, I guess there's fifties if someone blocks a shot, but <laughs> Um, it's just, it's just like the impact is you're not get you're not getting a 50 in soccer nearly to the extent that you'd get it in. Rock yeah. League or like the ball's going to roll yeah. slightly away, you know? Yeah. Um, and then, and then I guess, I guess, the, but this is actually, this was a funny thing that I did think of though, when he was making all the comparisons is I don't think there's another sport where the ball you're using is bigger, is big enough, is, is big enough to hide your opponent behind it mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> which it's just something in rocket league that happens all the time where like you don't know where the opponent is so now you're like guessing almost when you're about to 50 or you're about to do a one-on-one um which is actually like i can't think of any other sport that you could possibly compare that to no and i think again that's where we kind of have to like stop comparisons because at, at some extent like nope there is no such thing as car soccer in the real world as far as it exists in professional sports so like yeah we gotta like the comparisons again are very kind of surface level and superficial it's more for the entertainment aspect than mm -hmm. it is for the uh the actual in application yeah i'll I'll say if you do play a sport take whatever transferable skills you can in the beginning for sure Mm -hmm. 
Um, but once once you you know get past a certain level, those will kind of fall apart, and you'll have to kind of focus at the game itself. Um, this might be actually a good time then to ask you. Uh, I want you to give me one thing that when you're learning or getting better at this game, you really enjoy. Um, and then one thing that you found infuriating about learning and, and getting, getting better at this game. Um, I think the, the thing I enjoy about learning and getting better is, it's probably like when you can actually do it where it's not practice anymore. You, you get it and it's in a game and you do it and you're like, Oh dang, it is possible. <laughs> I can actually do this. So like when I first started like trying to air dribble and stuff and I'm still not great at it, but it's one of those things like I've gotten it a few times in game where I've been able to air dribble, get past the defender or something like that, or like, or like a double touch or any of those things where when it finally happens in game, like it's, it, it just stands out. And again, it, it takes you back to that very beginning stage of like, Oh my God, that's so satisfying. Uh, but the frustrating part I think is as you get higher, the, like the amount of time that you train versus the amount of time that you play, it, it almost flops. Like from the very beginning, mm. it's, it's, it almost feels like better. Like as you're just starting to just play a ton of rocket league and kind of learn the game a little bit, learn the, the flow of it, learn the rotation, learn the speed and that kind of stuff. And then you can kind of slowly train things, but you know, you've only got 50 hours in, you're not expected to do anything crazy. So you don't have to spend nearly the same kind of time training. But as you move up, your training time should inherently go up and your actual play time will inherently go down if that's the case. And so that's probably the most frustrating thing is that like you can't just play the game and consistently get better without spending significant time training. Like that's probably the most frustrating thing. And I know for like myself, like after about 30 or 40 minutes of training, I'm like mentally bored. Like it's, it's crazy how exhausted I get just from training. Like I don't want to play rocket league anymore at that point. Once I've been training for that long, um, I I don't remember who it was. It was some, I don't know if it was a professional or if it was just a content creator said, if you want to be pro at rocket league, you have to be, you have to have the mental capacity, just be able to do the same thing over and over for hours on end (laughs) and enjoy it. Like it has to be something that you enjoy doing. And unless you have that, you're not going to be able to play at the highest level. Mm, that's good. That's really, I mean, cause I, I almost did the opposite. I mean, why I was going to test this where I, I was like all about training in the beginning and mm-hmm. now, uh, and it, I mean, you can see as my progress has slowed down, it's also cause I've been training less or per se. Um, and Man, that's so true because because even now I found that like if I do an honest like hour, hour and a half of training, like at that point, my brain's like good. Like I don't need to learn more new stuff. I don't need to go into mm-hmm. I don't have to start my rank three session grind there because I'm already my brain's already toast, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, you kind of you know, expend yourself and stuff because you have to be. I feel like to do some of those training things, especially as you're trying to like learn new mechanics, if you're not just like doing the dribble challenge or something like that, and you're trying to directly learn new mechanics, like you have to spend just as just as hard a focus learning those and paying attention to those as you would in a game anyways. And, you know, you don't always get the same satisfaction from that immediately Mm. that you would if you won your first ranked game of the day. Like that's a lot that's a little bit more satisfying than like you just spent 10 minutes in training and you still can't do what you were trying to do. So like that's the probably the tougher part for me is, you know, I don't always have a ton of time to commit to it. So I kind of want to just get in and play, but I'm just going to frustrate myself more and more because I'm not spending the time <laughs> necessary to, to do the things to get better. And and so like, that's probably the toughest part for me to, to counterbalance that. Right. Um, 
or just it's this is not because I would agree with you. I, I think in general, like we definitely overplay, right? Mm-hmm. Like w- when we have our time, a lot of us just much more enjoy playing the game than training. But I think I think it's not that you're not getting better if you just play the game, right? I don't. I I think there is something to like at some point you have to put in the hours of playing the game. So even if you're not training, if you are playing more, you will be playing better. I I feel, you know what I mean? Like it might not be as efficient or like it might take you a year or two longer to get to the level that you're, that you would have your training. Um, But if you're not going to train anyway, you might as well just play more if you're trying to get better. You know what I mean? I feel like at a certain point. Yeah. Yeah, It's just, it's just one of those things of like, yeah, you're going to end up. Well, I don't know if I can say you would end up getting there. I guess you would, you would have to commit more time to playing like directly playing the games than you would if you were training and playing to mm-hmm. get up to that level. And the hard part is though you have, as you get up to the higher level, it's a smaller and smaller percentage of people that are there. So the people that are there are going to be the ones that are better at the things that you're trying to do. Cause they may have spent the time training. So like it's going to take longer and longer for you to be able to kind of, go through those gates of, you know, if you're trying to get to the high champ range or if you're trying to get to GC, if you're not training, it's almost like you're running in place because the people around you are training. And Mm. so they're getting better at the same, you know, at a faster rate than you are. So it's almost like you're making it harder on yourself to get up to that plateau because you're making the, you're allowing the competition, the time necessary to get even better than they were when you started you know, three months ago. So it's, it's kind of a tough, like a tough thing if you don't want to commit that time. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think, I think my point is more just don't let it's fun. Okay. So I was listening to a podcast today uh, and they're talking about learning new languages. Um, and, and one of the guys was saying like, I spent more time trying to figure out what's the most efficient, best way to learn this language uh, than I did actually trying to learn the language. <laughs> Um, and I, I think that's really what I'm trying to get to is that I, I think, yes, it can be very frustrating. Like you feel like you're in place, but I think if it, it, like, it's, it's clear that when we think, when we think about, you know, getting into champ or grand champ, right? Like at that point, you're talking about the top 10 to 5%. Um, and, and I think your comparison to like everyone else is training, like that's why you have to be training, right? Mm-hmm. Cause if you're just playing games, uh, you know, that's why like I'll see in champ two and I'm like, Oh wow. These guys have like crazy mechanics. And and the question is like, is that required for me to get out of champ two? No. no, but this guy who does have this, when they do get out of champ two, like they'll keep up better with the people in the yeah. higher level. You know what I mean? So. Well, and then now um, they'll be essentially at that higher level and you're still going to have to play somebody that can do that as you get to the higher level. So it's just one of those things that like, unless you're spending time and you know as you say it out loud it's really frustrating because you're like dang i don't train enough like i don't as i'm saying this out loud i realize like i i'm realizing my own faults like here's why i'm still only champ two and uh and so yeah it's it's definitely tough you don't need it i think there's plenty of people that have proved that you can get out of um you know get up to that highest level by by being able to make the good decisions and rotations and positioning and all that stuff but they still can like they're not going to be poor at the necessary mechanics. Like they're going to be able to consistently aerial where they need to. They're going to be able to get consistent passes and those kind of things. You're not going to be able to get up there just by 
booming the ball and being on defense when you need to. Uh, to, to that point, I think there's another thing that when I was playing with Wabbits when he was high C3, um, a couple games, there was a point where he said, like, you can't not go for certain things. So um, what I meant, what, what he meant was like, essentially, like, if it's your turn to be up in there, hit the ball, you have to be up in there and hit the ball. And And I was thinking about this, right? Um, cause I think there's definitely a mentality as well. A lot of people is like, no, if you can slow it down, slow it down. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the idea is that at the higher level, the opponent's ability to shoot tough angles is so much greater. Yeah. Um, that if you, if you always circle back and you provide them a free hit, they have a lot more freedom to actually make something happen. Um, while kind of in diamond champ one champ two, um, you might give them a lot of space and they're just going to give you like a slow ball to that that you can still manage to save, right? Yeah, um, it's definitely, it's definitely a lot tougher and stuff. You, you can't give them the kind of freedom that you're used to as in the lower ranks. And, and, and so it's it's interesting then, right? Because that, that makes it really tough if you're like a player that likes to kind of bring that slow play down, right? Mm-hmm. Which isn't necessarily wrong. Um, but if you're never going up to challenge the higher level you get, the more people are going to be like, Oh, I have a free aerial now. Right. So they're going to bang it really nicely to where you aren't sitting. Um, and so, so that kind of stuff makes it, makes it difficult. Right. Cause in some ways, like your whole, the whole, like, Oh, I have this like strategy that usually works. But then as you move up the ranks, it's like, no, this, this thing gets punished. It's, and then you're like, Oh, I don't want to just start ball chasing. And and so that kind of, those kind of things always well up and you have to think about, um, and I don't have, you know, necessarily the answer myself, but it, it, it is stuff that I like, I'll be like, oh no, like these people are moving faster now. So I have to find a way to be able to move faster, but still kind of implement some creative stuff. So I'm not literally just ball, like not ball chasing in the sense of like chasing the ball, but like just hitting the ball, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, I mean, I guess it's just really tough and stuff. And that's, you know, you got to be able to kind of look at big picture and stuff. I like guess you're playing that be able to, observe yourself in an objective way and observe the game in an objective way to understand what you need to work on and the decisions you need to make to get yourself past that little, you know, plateau or past that little point that you're kind of stuck in. Actually, that, this is a a thing that I, that I recently have been trying to do. And, uh, I equate this kind of, um, to, I guess, you know, like, typing but like you know when you like you learn to type and you're like looking at the keyboard but mm-hmm. then at some point you might want to like learn to type but look at the, the computer itself yeah right um or in sports right like if you're playing hockey soccer looking around you as opposed to looking at your feet yeah for soccer right um so i that's one thing that i've kind of been trying to force myself a little bit more um because uh there a while back like i i, I did i did try to do a little more awareness like making sure i kept you know, looking where everything was on the field. Uh, but now I find myself kind of going back to that a little bit where I I'm trying to keep track of where all my opponents are, where my teammates are and where the ball is at maybe not at all times, but at times where I'm not engaged, if that makes sense. So like when I, when, when I engage with like the 50 or, or I'm doing like a dribble play, I can zoom in and I'm just like, okay, hopefully mm-hmm. this, the decisions I've made before allow me to be safe enough to just kind of zoom in, you know, put my head down, uh, so to speak, and, and then try to make something here. Um, but when I when I'm you know, going rotating back, I'm going to try to like keep keep an eye on like where is everyone, um, 
you know, is our whole like like for instance, if you see them double commit, like what I've noticed a lot is I see opponent double commits a lot more. So I'll just have a perfectly empty net to shoot at sometimes, just because I'm doing this kind of, um, you know, as I'm rotating out, I'm keeping an eye on where everything is. Yeah, and that's I, I've started doing that stuff as well, um, being able to kind of have a better general awareness of what's going on in the field. And I think like as I've done the casting and stuff, that's probably been what's been the most helpful for me because now I, I do have to look at the match from the big picture. And I do have to kind of be able to call out things of it's not just that that person put on a good shot. It's that their teammate got a good bump or they, they were able to boost starve or, you know, whatever those extra things and stuff are that are allowing a team to have success. Having to look at it from that angle has helped me out on the side of being able to be like, okay, well, here's what's going on in the field. Even if it's not something that, um, I'm specifically causing, it's going to be something that I can kind of be aware of just because, you know, now I'm now being able to look at it from a bigger picture. And so, that, so I think that's probably the, uh, the been a huge help for me, um, is doing some of that casting and allow me to look at that differently. Yeah. I imagine casting is good, especially if, I mean, I suppose when you're casting itself, like sometimes you're just talking as the things are going. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I, just seeing more gameplay, um, is definitely good and not, not having to be making like crazy movements while you're doing it actually gives you a sense of kind of the flow of the play itself. Yeah. Um, which, which I think, I think is another big thing, right? When people just so focus in on what they should be doing that they don't really read where the play is happening. Um, so I'm not frustrated when someone like double commits from time to time, but, but when you're in that zone of trying to like be aware of everything that's going on, I think what I also notice is that my teammates' mistakes seem to be that much greater, if that makes sense. Uh, because yeah. I'm specifically looking for everything, right? <laughs> um, so I guess in that sense, it's a little bit of double-edged sword uh, because you might get a little more... You have to, you have to be more calm because uh, mm-hmm. you're actually realizing what's going on. But if you're realizing your teammates' mistakes, that's definitely better than if you're not realizing them, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, because at that point, at least you can say like, okay, well, my teammate's doing this when they shouldn't be doing this, so I have to plan for that. And, you know, maybe that allows you to be on defense and stuff a little bit more. And I've kind of paid a lot more attention to that kind of stuff. Like when I've got teammates and they've double committed to the corner, but they're both awkward. And my first instinct is like, okay, they're awkward. That ball is up. Let me go, you know, try and get it clear on that ball. Having to fight that as my initial instinct and be like, okay, no, they're both over there. If I commit and something poor happens or it bounces out and it leaks out into the midfield, we're all three in the corner. Not, that's not going to help anybody. So I con- constantly make the joke of like when I see two of my teammates committed to something, I was like, okay, you know what would help out? More bodies and just throw my body into it. <laughs> and I was like, no, I can't do that. I can't be that kind of person that overcommits to to those kind of things because it's just it's kind of changed how I have to look at it and realize like, okay, some of those instincts that you have, you have to fight those because it's not helpful. Yeah. It's, it's definitely like fighting between opportunity and what's the safe play, you know? Cause it, in theory, if you see the opportunity you're like, if I can be the first one here um, and hit it, then, then we can clear it and we can keep the play going. But if you're wrong and you're the last one, then you, then you made an unsafe play. Right. So it's yeah. like, it's a constant battle of, of risk assessment. And I think maybe that's a big thing that happens when you have, uh, when you're kind of being very careful of what where their opponents are and where you are, um, uh, just so yeah, when you're kind of aware of uh, where your opponents are, where you are, where your teammates are, 
uh, you can better risk assess whatever mm-hmm. situation is and you just get better over time with with how the opponents are yeah that's i mean i think that's kind of again if you're going to try and get over your plat- plateau and stuff see like okay hey what you know how can i help or is what i'm going to do be harmful to whatever we're trying to do like you're talking about that risk assessment that's probably um going to be the biggest you know one of the biggest things of that's also adaptive so like as you get higher and stuff the risk you have to assess is a lot different um than what you're used to and so it's just one of those things that it's constantly changing the way you have to look at the game is constantly changing the higher you go the more difficult it becomes the more they can do (laughs) and the more fine-tuned you have to be right like you might be able to make a decision even even something as high as diamond be able to make a decision but as soon as you jump into that mid champ range it's not going to work for you. The, the players are just too quick or they're too consistent with the touches. So maybe being patient and passive in certain instances, like you were mentioning, um, you know, if they have an angled shot, being patient and passive was good when you were in diamond one, but once you got the champ one, okay, they're a little bit more consistent at hitting good passes or good shots off of those angles. So now you can't be quite as patient as you're used to. So like that's being able to assess the risk is constantly changing. And I think that's going to be the thing that is really really tough for people to adapt to that you can't just look at things the same way and play the same way you have to change as well and so like that's a really tough part okay uh so relentless this has been a sprint of a show Um, yeah (laughs) uh so so uh, relentless has to go on to casting uh in just a moment so we're gonna it's gonna be a little bit shorter but do not fret i have a second show uh with another guest planned for saturday so you'll get kind of two two smaller episodes, I guess this week, instead of one giant, super long one. Um, but, uh, uh, <clears throat> relentless first thing. Uh, thank you, uh, so much for being in here. Um, man, I, I, like I said, I, I was like caught last minute. Uh, <laughs> uh, and you were the one who responded to the call. So that, that, that is amazing. Uh, uh, so thank you. Uh, I'd just like to wrap up here, uh, by thanking all of our patrons, um in any tier uh i actually like to briefly mention that there's someone who was trying to sign up for coaching and for whatever reason uh you know who you are unfortunately the uh for for whatever reason the the um i guess the company uh that that takes care of that was declining your card so i'm very sorry um please message me maybe we can figure something else out uh, that might be a good way of, of setting up coaching that way uh otherwise uh from special shout outs to our roll call patrons uh relentless you're on here yourself wow yeah uh so thank you very much as well as tim chew barker paint mefe jwise and psych mopco uh i see a lot of you in the discord uh so that's very very awesome um yeah this this has been a sprint it's been a rush hopefully you got something out of it uh and i'll probably uh see you saturday i think that's it (laughs) yeah uh thank you for having me by thank you for allowing me to come and talk to you for a little bit i know it was a little bit off base and i wish i had a little bit more time but uh, i'm committed to casting some igl stuff tonight and uh, i'm looking forward though to the next tournament and all that fun stuff like we announced august 1st where where can they find your igl casts Uh, igl casts will be on my channel twitch.tv slash relentless xx23 i link it all the time in the front your stuff but that's where i cast the igl games and everything i've got several tonight which they won't you know they won't hear this before they see those but um i do you know i do several a week if we have anyone that plays um if we have anyone that plays in the uh 
in IGL that's part of ASAP and they want me to cast and everything, they can request that through IGL. But outside of that, man, I just really appreciate you guys allowing me to come and talk to you for a little bit, even though it was kind of short notice and all that fun stuff. Well, we'll definitely have to do a not short notice, longer <laughs> interview episode that I've done with a couple other people at some point. Uh, I think we touched on a lot of great topics, but we like <laughs> I I feel each of those topics could have been 20 minutes and we just like ran through them. Um, yeah. Anyway, thank you once again uh, uh, from myself and the ASAP crew. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode and uh, I'll see you Saturday, Sunday for like a second, I guess, smaller episode. Uh, bye-bye. Bye. Bye.